Okay, so we were heading back from lunch today, uh, as we are wont to do, where we'll like drive out to this Vietnamese place and grab takeout, then like eat it in the car in the shade. That's our romantic lunch. Date. Oh, that's we do that too. Like sometimes the three <laughs> of us will go and we'll like grab some fast food or whatever like that we like, and we'll sit in the car and we'll listen to my brother, my brother, and me. Yeah, yeah. So I, I usually put put on a YouTube videos or something like that while we sit sure. in the car. And, Anyway, so it's a little bit of a drive to the place that we go to. It's like 10, 15 minutes, maybe, depending on traffic. And we're coming back on this road that's, it's like, you know, when they have a road and then they build like a highway and then the old road is just cut, like, it's kind of like the weird jinky side secret. Um, so we're just, you know, we're there, whatever, we're coming back and we stop at this light in front of this black car, this slick black car. With the license plate, Mr. Fear. (laughs) 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 And and I are just like staring at this car, like trying to imagine who is driving it and who paid for this license plate. And I was like, well, maybe he's like a therapist that like specializes in phobias. I mean, either that or he's a Batman villain. Mm hmm. And, and we were like, or, or, you know, maybe he's just like, oh, no, please, please call me Ted. Mr. Fear was my father. <laughs> like, we're just. He inherited the car from his father, Mr. Yeah. Fear. Yeah. Yeah. Did you like drive around and see who was driving it? Uh, I couldn't see. Like, the windows were tinted too dark. Like, we, we pulled up beside them as we were uh, leaving the stoplight. The but windows I... in Mr. Fear's car were too dark. Yeah. <laughs> was it Mr. Fear or Dr. Fear? Mr. Fear. Yeah, actually, Andrew was like, I guess he couldn't get that PhD. <laughs> <laughs> if you could have a vanity plate that said anything, what would it What would it say? We discussed this. Um, Did we? No, no, sorry. Andrew and I discussed this after oh, we okay. saw Mr. Fear, like immediately after. <laughs> there was Taco Today. Oh, I do like that. There was also E-J-U-B-G-U-D for Bijou Be Good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, he wanted to have a red car with the license plate Blue Spy. Okay. All right. I do like that a lot, actually. Yeah, yeah. I was like, all right, oh, when you get your, your next car, we're due for a new car. We've been due. It's like, you can get that license plate. I'm really excited for this week. I thought up such a good pitch, and I'm I'm really excited to have our second official listener request. So uh, are you ready to get into this one, Kat? I was born ready. That's impressive. I was not, but I have gotten there. So let's go. It was really strange. Like they put it on my birth certificate and everything. (laughs) It said Catherine Ready surname. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's go. What's up, Spider Pals? My name is Zeke. And I'm Kat. And we are here to ask the question, was Spider-Man there? Uh, Now, this is a podcast that Kat and I have put together because we all got stuck in our houses for a very long time. And we all started to ask ourselves the deep questions in life. And mine was, I wonder if Spider-Man was there. And Kat said, where? And I said, that's a great question. (laughs) I don't know a whole lot about Spider-Man. And Kat is like my Spider-Man beacon of light the spider lighthouse if you will so the basis is that cat will give me an assignment for the week 
And then I'm not allowed to do any research. Um, I bring Kat sort of a loose idea or pitch. Um, and then we do the first segment, which is called Elevator Pitch, in which I tell this story and Kat regales to us whether or not Spider-Man was there. There's also a second mystery part of the podcast, but that part is when like the lighthouse light turns around and it's dark for a second. So we'll just have to wait for it to rotate back and then we'll see, <laughs> see what the second half is about. So what's our theme this week, Kat? Well, this week, I did not actually come up with our theme. I believe it came from a super cool listener slash person you know. Yeah, I know this really cool wizard named Toby, who's also a cowboy, and also my boyfriend. Toby has been listening to our podcast for a little while, whether or not he chose to, because he lives in my house. Uh, But he did uh, text me actually last time we were recording, and he asked me if there was ever a scenario in which Aunt May is the person who gains spider powers. And that was really cool for me because it legitimately had not ever crossed my mind. Like, I know that we had talked about, we've done an episode where it's like, what if Harry Osborn had been the one to get the spider powers? But I was really, really excited to get this concept. So big shout out, Toby. Thank you. So Kat, are you ready to hear my super cool Aunt Spider May story? Absolutely. Okay, perfect. All right. So originally I had thought along the lines of like the same timeline, like May and Ben are old and they're like, you know, they're married and they're raising Peter. But then like May is the one who gets bitten instead of Peter and like it all goes down. But I thought like, well, whatever, that's just retelling Spider-Man, but May is there. But then I thought about one of my favorite superheroes of all time, Elastigirl from the smash hit the incredibles and i thought what if aunt may had had spider powers for a while and then like retired them so in our story uh may is a a younger girl she's i mean she's young she's like 19 you'll have to forgive me with the the timelines and relationships here because again i don't know that much about spider-man so what i say may sound outlandish but oh well <laughs> So <laughs> we talked about that. What was it? Gwen and Norman uh, thing with the baby. Yeah. Nobody gets to tell me my story is weird. So Aunt May is 19 and she knows a young Norman Osborne who she's kind of like a little flirty with. And so and Ben is kind of like, um, I'm not going to say it's like nerd versus jock because I feel like it's so tired. But I definitely feel like Ben's maybe not as scientifically inclined as norman is norman is also a little less ethical i was gonna say more freewheeling but that's definitely not <laughs> what i was what i was trying to communicate norman is a little less ethical about the science that he engages in and so he kind of cooks up this plot within his own brain to use may as like his test subject because she trusts him and he knows that he would not be able to get an organic result from someone who was going into this knowingly so he like sets up a a whole scenario where the the spider bites May and she gains the spider powers unbeknownst to her. And he wants this because he wants her to organically tell him like what she's experiencing and what's going on. And it winds up backfiring on him because she doesn't want to confide the things that are happening to her to someone in such a heavily scientific field because she doesn't want to become like a human experiment. So she winds up confiding in Ben, which is kind of how they come together and and you know form a relationship and later on get married but i like to imagine that a young may who would be spider girl or the spider woman 
I think that May is such a fun character from what I know about her, particularly from like seeing like Into the Spider-Verse, obviously, um, which I feel like I always come back to. But I just feel like she would be so, so people friendly. Like I I feel like sensationalist is not the term I want to use, but she would be very popular, I think. And I think that the Spider-Woman or Spider-Girl persona would be something that people would really admire or be excited to see or look up to. And so she's she's in newspapers and you know she's giving speeches and she's talking a lot about different things in the public eye and doing like psas and everything and everybody just is just absolutely mad for may like just they just love her (laughs) not that they know who she is but they're they just love her and i also really really want her spider woman outfit to like have hair like i don't want her to just have like a smooth cowl like i really want her to have like a big like bouffant hairdo or something like i just think (laughs) it would be i would be just great but i also think that ben's death in this story it makes more sense for ben's death to come much earlier so i think that what causes her to hang up the suit if you will hang up the web shooters and all is because Ben dies. But because he knows this about her, she's still imbued with the wisdom that with great power comes great responsibility. And with Ben's death, she feels powerless. And so she doesn't feel that responsibility anymore. Mm. And so she kind of retires and she hangs up the suit and she walks away. And then later on, when Peter comes into her life and Peter is then friends with Harry, history sort of repeats itself as it is wont to do. And not not necessarily because Peter and Harry are in a romantic relationship, although that would be great. But whatever kind of relationship they have, the same sort of motivation is there. Harry causes Peter to gain his spider powers. And May and Peter don't initially know that they both have the same powers, but obviously it comes to light. And I really think that having May be even more of a a, a, a guidepost for Peter in his adolescence and like growing up and becoming Spider-Man is important. And it, I think it really helps May sort of heal and come to terms with this pain and this trauma that she's been through because now she she sees someone that has a reason to go out and be a hero even though they are more or less alone in the world not that peter's alone because he has may but like he doesn't have like a significant other or like other family or whatever it's just him and her and so she's Mm -hmm. like oh like i I see it now. Like now I see like really what Ben was talking about. And I really wanted to keep the core idea of Ben being so influential to Peter, but then also that branching out to May, because I feel Mm -hmm. like she's always kind of like in the background and they become the the great spider duo. They become, um, (laughs) you know, spider, spider woman and spider boy or something like that. And then later on, Peter goes on to be spider man because May eventually has to retire. And I know this is a much longer pitch than I have given in previous episodes, because sometimes I come in a little weak and I'm like, well, I don't really know that much. So here's a vague idea. But I had so much fun <laughs> thinking about this one and like cooking it up because I love female superheroes and I think that there should be more of them. And uh, I, I love older women as prominent figures in media. And they really did me in with Doc Ock. And <laughs> yeah, so anyway, so I was just really excited about this one. And I was really excited to have it be organic here um so obviously i'm not asking if this exact story exists but i am curious if spider-man was there except for it was aunt may and she was the spider woman so for starters i was really excited to do this episode because i think that may is a really important character who doesn't necessarily get her due a lot absolutely of times. mm-hmm um, especially in the earlier comics, let's say probably up to and well past like the 90s, 
Aunt May was almost more liability than character. Mm-hmm. Like in the very first Spider-Man comics, she and Ben are they look like skeletons <laughs> with skin stretched <laughs> over them. Like like art of early Aunt May is just like she looks like a good wind is gonna blow her over. <laughs> and she's basically there to like be a reason for Peter to consider the consequences of his actions and like have a secret identity and all that. And I am really glad that in later years, they have a backed away from the frail old woman kind of aspect. Like they've given her characteristics and personality. I think ultimate Spider-Man was definitely a turning point for that. Where like they thought about it and they were like, okay, if Peter is 15, 16 years old, why would his aunt be 80 years old? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Right. You know, his his aunt and uncle should be in the ballpark of what his parents would be, you know? Right. And like, sure, there might be some age differences between siblings or what, but like still within reason. But like, we have no reason to expect them to be, you know, great grandparents age or something. And so that definitely gave them room to make her a more interesting character, a more engaged character, giving her her own interests and her own personal life in a way that made it seem more realistic. And I'm I'm really happy for that. And you will be happy to know that there is a superhero version of May. Yes. Y- yes. She isn't called Spider-Woman. Her name is quite adorably Spider-Ma'am. <gasps> oh my god oh this uh, because is i can't we can't do the podcast anymore after this because nothing is gonna be better than what i just heard <laughs> because she is an older woman like she gets her powers as like an aunt she basically during the sequence of events that the normal peter parker we know would have gotten his powers he forgot his lunch that day And so she's at home and she sees that he's forgotten his lunch and she's like, oh, my poor nephew will be so hungry. And so she runs to the science uh, demonstration to make sure he has his little sack lunch. And while she's there, she gets bitten by this power by the spider and ends up being imbued with spider powers. Okay, I love that. Now, obviously, things take a little bit of a different turn here because she's Aunt May. She doesn't have a science background. She's not a super genius. She does still have a family to support. And so she ends up whipping up herself a costume, which it's so cute. You you wanted her hair to show. It does show. Her mask is sort of like a half mask where like the bottom of her face sticks out. And Mm -hmm. the top of it is more like a chef hat or like a nanny's (gasps) cap or something. Like it's real big and puffy. And she has like a little... You know, like when when your mom goes swimming and she's got like a little modesty skirt on her swimsuit. Yes. So she's got like her her super suit, but it's got like a little modesty ruffle. Aunt May. Um, wow. I'm li- I'm I'm just, oh my god, I'm falling apart. So she still does have a family to support, and to do that, she basically starts doing stunts like as a performer, because like who doesn't want to pay money to see this old woman like do cartwheels, right? And that is just her idea that she's just going to do that as a gig for a while. But then she just happens to be like in the right place at the right time when this kind of D-list hero called Leapfrog shows up and she manages to stop him. And then she's like, oh, I should probably use these powers for good, I guess, and contribute to society with them or something. One of the main differences in her story is that Peter and Ben know that she has these powers or at least they do after she decides she's going to start fighting crime and so as a family they become team spider-man 
And so Peter and Ben are kind of responsible for doing like recon. And Peter especially is the one who kind of works on the gadgets. So he builds her a set of web shooters and like teaches her how to use them. Actually, he ends up building some for himself and Ben as well, just so they can have them on hand. But they'll find out like what's going on then and then tell May and then she goes in and actually does the crime fighting and stuff like that. Oh, I love it. The first time she appeared, it was as a part of the original Spider-Verse event. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those moments where like, I was like, oh boy, and then my stomach dropped and then it was fine. <laughs> because Spider-Verse is an event with a very high body count, or at least a much higher body count than you would expect from a Spider-Man comic. There, A lot of spider people in a lot of dimensions die. And there is a sequence of pages where the bad guys are just rapid firing going to dimensions at, where they might spend one or two pages in that dimension, just one after the other, going in, finding the Spider-Man, killing them, going to the next one, finding the Spider-Man, killing them over and over and over again. And so there's this sequence of just like, oh, there goes another one. Oh, there's another one. Oh, there's another one. And then they show up in this universe where you see sweet aunt may as spider-man and you're just like oh no and then like right at the last minute the calvary comes in and saves the day and you're just like oh thank god like (laughs) you you were like there was no way that you were going to get around this so she has just a brief appearance in that but in the recent spider-verse comics where miles morales is kind of like dimension hopping and doing his quantum leap thing he does have an issue where he goes to her universe and He's hopping around trying to help repair the web of life and destiny, which is this literal web that connects universes and allows travel between dimensions and like all the spider people are connected to it in their own way. So that comic starts with Spider-Man, May, Peter and Ben having a conversation and talking a little bit about how wild it was that they now know that they're the these other dimensions exist and that there's a different dimension for every possibility. And, you know, every time you make a decision, there's another universe that's created. And it's kind of like a lot, like May's kind of like, Whoa, that's a lot to think about. Let's think about something else for a minute. I have to go to the bank. <laughs> and as they're sort of handling this and kind of like going about their day and running their errands, a portal opens up and an evil version of Spider-Man and Peter and Ben pop through and they're like, we came to the same conclusion that you did, but we basically decided that it doesn't matter. Like if it, nothing we do matters because there's another dimension where the other thing happens anyway. And there's another dimension where that spawned more dimensions and that spawned more dimensions. So they're just kind of like evil dimensional hopping nihilists. I appreciate how they were able to do subtle changes in the artwork to make Ben and Peter, you know, look like darker versions of themselves mm-hmm. may is just outright like a carnage version of may <laughs> that's so hot this is about when miles shows up and he's like all right so i need to help you guys and he's obviously he's able to help tilt the scales a little bit but then evil miles shows up and <laughs> sorry that's just it, so funny the phrase evil miles is so funny to me yeah <laughs> um so so evil miles shows up and then you know of course everything is back to square one and May starts thinking about some of the stuff that Peter was talking about, about how like, okay, well, we can't necessarily beat these equal counterparts of ourselves. Maybe we can just forcibly send them back to where they came from. And in order to do that, we need to channel the energy, not just of ourselves, but of all the 
goodness and good versions of us across the universe and they need like a symbolic gesture or something that they can imagine that like all the versions of spider-man across the universe are all doing and so she ends up shooting her webs at this sign that's like the that's next to the bank or something it's like a bakery or something like that mm -hmm. and then you simultaneously see a page where it's they do this a lot in spider-verse well they'll they'll use a web pattern to divide the page and then like the space in between the webbing will be like a different frame of like a different universe <gasps> that's so um, cool yeah and so it's like a dozen different versions of spider-man where like you know the costume's a little bit different or like this one is like a full-on spider lady or like this one is you know in a negative universe or something and so they're all shooting their webs at the same place and peter's like well how did you how did you communicate with them to know where to shoot it? And she's like, well, I just thought of the place that reminded me of you and Ben the most. And like the bakery sign has like a heart on it. And so like <gasps> they all had shot at the heart together. Oh my God. It's sort of cheesy. But at the same time, what I really like about that is that when you talk about Spider-Man and you talk about Peter Parker, we talk a lot about Ben and like how Ben's you know, arc words have shaped who Spider-Man is. And there have been moments in the comics where like Peter thinks about like who he would be without Ben. And there are specific instances where like he sees Deadpool and how, you know, Deadpool has like no moral compass. And he's like, if I didn't have someone like Ben telling me right from wrong, I could have easily ended up like this, like way too easily. But I think that whereas like Ben provides this moral compass that May provides like an emotional like heart kind of to Spider-Man and to like the Spider-Man world and mythos. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, like if she was a planeteer, she would be Mati. And I, and it, sometimes I think I was like, yeah, you know, if Spider-Man didn't have that heart and didn't have that like emotional capability, well, that's what gets you people like Reed Richards. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> but also about fuck Reed Richards. <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah, this issue, like that solution was a little bit cheesy, Sure, but I think it was still important to be to have it be said. And I don't know, I didn't mind it at all. I will say that this didn't ping with me until you started telling me a little bit more about your plot. But right at the end of that issue, her version of Peter does like scrape up a little dribbling of the carnage symbiote that's like left over when evil may leaves. So like there definitely is the potential in that universe for like Peter to get spider power somehow or for some like future conflict. And so I definitely think that this is not a universe we've seen the last of. So that's pretty exciting for me. I'm glad that there are spider ma'am fans out there and that Marvel writers are like still leaving little breadcrumbs for themselves to follow later down the line. That is incredible. I'm so happy to know that this exists. Like I said, this is another one where I'm really happy that I'm, not wrong but that i'm that my idea is not original i do wish it was something that like i don't know i don't know how to say i wish it was something more people knew about but i feel like there's so many spider-man villains like if like you could ask anybody on the street like tell me like three spider-man characters and they'd be like um like spider-man and like mary jane and like aunt may or uncle ben or whoever but i feel like they're like I don't know, even in comic book circles that I've run in where people know like Green Goblin and Salmon and like villains or whatever, um, and like Miles and stuff like that, there's not really a whole lot of knowledge about like this particular arc. And I know you can't expect somebody to like know all the ins and outs. I mean, except for you. 
not like <laughs> other people, you know, the the um the commoners. But I do wish I wish this was something that I, there was more like common knowledge of because I really really love the idea i do also want to say that while you were talking i googled spider ma'am and this is the cutest thing i've ever looked at in my life <laughs> like her little baker's hat and her skirt and oh this is so perfect like, yeah so when you were talking about like the people loving may as a hero i can definitely imagine this version of may being well loved when she encounters the other spider people like when they're all in a room together there is that definite fondness and warmth for her like they all really respect her and love her and i mm -hmm. i really enjoy that yeah i think the whole reason that i put together the story that i did was i remembered this the very iconic opening to the incredibles that everybody remembers where the supers are all being interviewed and elastigirl's like are we gonna leave saving the world of the men like and I just thought so much about how like Aunt May is kind of back ended so often in stories because she's like a woman, like even Uncle Ben, who is dead, features more largely in a lot of these stories, to my knowledge, the public stories that are like common knowledge to like non comic book readers. Ben features more prominently than May does. And I say that as someone who's seen Spider-Man films, you know, and like a handful of cartoons. Mm -hmm. even memes like there's always the meme of like spider-man crying about like uncle ben's rice or whatever <laughs> <laughs> but i just really love aunt may and i i really i really liked her in the sam raimi movies and then when i saw into the spider-verse obviously it was over especially with uh, lily tomlin's performance because i mean lily tomlin has never done any wrong by me <laughs> ever miss frizzle and every other role she's been in and um grace and frankie and then aunt may like what like what am i supposed to do with myself so i'm very excited i can't wait to go read spider ma'am that's so cute <laughs> i literally like i literally had to take a moment like because i was forming the sentence in my brain and i like spider ma'am just hit me all over again but i want to hear more about aunt may and peter and all their cool adventures so maybe we should uh zip over to the second half of the podcast let's do it let's go over there Okay, we're back. We made it. I want to say that I'm having a great time. And uh, this is the second time that we've done a listener request. And the episodes have been great fun. So it's looking like it's turning out well. So if you have an idea for an episode, if you want to know more about where Spider-Man has been, currently is, we can't tell you about that one. Or might be in the future. Kat, can you tell the people where they can find us? Absolutely. You can find us on Twitter at WasSpideyThere. Or if you want to drop us an email, you can reach us at wasspideythere at gmail.com. That's absolutely correct. And feel free to just tweet us about Aunt May. You can email us pictures or you can make tweets about her. They don't, and you don't even have to talk about the podcast. We'll just talk about Aunt May all day long. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the beam has circled back around yeah. the shining light on the dark sea. What's the second half of the podcast? The second half of our podcast is Two Truths and a Fic. This is the part of the show where I have come prepared with three Spider-Man, or in this case, Aunt May storylines, two of which are from canon and one of which I have taken from an obliging fan work. And I'm going to present them to Zeke, who then has to determine which one is the odd man out for glory and honor and also a cute sticker. Do I have an Aunt May sticker this week? Uh, I didn't have an Aunt May sticker, but we did discuss how Peter loves her wheat cakes. So what I have for you today is a very cute sticker 
of a little bunny who's like in a stack of pancakes like he's hanging out in the pancakes like it's his little house perfect i love it pancake house yeah wheat cake house for okay i have to get this for pancake bunny if this is the first time you're listening to the show what the hell are you doing we have 11 other episodes go listen to those first (laughs) but just in case you don't feel like it to catch you up i'm not real good at this game i'm always pleased when I find out that what I have guessed to be a fan fiction is canon. <laughs> because there have been some wild ones. But I just really want this bunny sticker. And I also want Aunt May to be proud of me. And I know she would be proud of me regardless. But I want to I wanna do right by Aunt May. So I'm really going to I'm gonna focus in. And I'm going to probably get it wrong. But I'm trying. So, <laughs> hit, so hit me with the first one. Here's number one. When a young Spider-Man is tortured and unmasked on live TV, it's not just his identity that is revealed to the public. Just before the camera goes dark, Peter begs for someone, anyone, to help protect his Aunt May. In the end, it isn't Iron Man, Cap, or any of the Avengers who come to her aid, but the ordinary citizens of New York protecting one of their own. (sighs) That's so good. I don't care if it's canon or not. I don't, whoever wrote it, if you're a fanfic author, or comic book author, I'll find out in a little bit, but God bless you. Also, I want to, st- listen, it's great, and Aunt May, and I love it, but also, Peter Parker getting tortured on TV, that's tasty, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> but it's real good, it's a good flavor for me. I want this one to be canon, but let me go ahead and hear the other two, and then I'll I'll have a little bit more insight. I mean, I won't, but. It'll be nice to to imagine. Here's number two. Okay. While Peter has his hands full, battling a team of villains at the home of old flame Liz Allen, May is paid a visit by the chameleon, masquerading as her dear nephew. Will he get the drop on a poor defenseless Aunt May? Or does the old lady still have some tricks up her sleeve? Who the hell is Liz Allen? Um, She is the first girl that Peter ever had a crush on like in high school. And if you saw, did you see Spider-Man Homecoming? Yes. She's the girl that he likes. In that <gasps> oh movie. yeah. Okay. 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 All right. Okay. I'm with you. Okay. Sorry. You said, I was like, who? Like, <laughs> okay. That's really good. Also, I did not know that there was a villain called the chameleon. So I'm very intrigued because I don't think we've talked about him. So this is good for me either way. Not as tasty as being tortured on live TV, but still pretty good. Shape-shifting an identity theft is tasty, but it is not a joke, Jim. Thousands of families are affected every year. I can't believe you didn't laugh at my office bit. Give me a third <laughs> plot. Here's number three. Okay. When the six men of Sinistry crash the debut of one May Riley, she has no choice but to have a debut of a different nature. That of her mechanically enhanced crime-fighting persona. With her formidable intellect and penchant for invention, the sky's the limit for the Lady Spider. (gasps) Okay, I do. I love this one. I love this one because a superhero who builds gadgets, as you know, is my favorite brand. Mm -hmm. If you listened to the spider spider babies episode, then you know that I'm really into the idea of someone who enhances their own powers or creates their own powers with technology or gadgets so i also really like this one i want to say that i have no idea 
like I don't even have a guess. I mean, I have to have one eventually, or the podcast will go on forever. Okay, so let me make sure I have it right. So there's the New York City Aunt May Defense Squad. Mm-hmm. There's the Chameleon, and there's an Inspector Gadget Aunt May. I tried to think of a bit, but that was the only one I could come up with. <laughs> I panicked, and then, and then Matthew Broderick came to me in a vision. <laughs> Do you remember in Inspector Gadget when they take him apart and they take his head off, and he's just a head in the in the dumpster pile, and they go find him, and he's like, "I'm dying because I'm Inspector Gadget, and I'm just a head now, and all my mechanical body is gone." Uh, I must have saw that movie when I was like eight. I might have even been younger, and I remember, like, my heart, like, skipping a beat at, like, this man who had been dismembered, and I think that was really, (laughs) Inspector Gadget really ruined it for me. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I'm really ashamed of myself now. Um, okay. I think, hmm. so, New York City standing up for for a hero, we've talked about this one before, because that was a canon story for Miles, if I remember correctly. It was a fanfic for Miles. Okay, okay. I don't know. It just feels canon to me. I know it didn't work for me to say it was canon for Miles, but I, I, I just feel like it's canon for May. I think that it feels like it could be like a short thing, like a like a single issue, or maybe not. Maybe it's part of a big event. But I just, I just feel like it's canon. So I'm gonna say the first one is canon. Uh, the last two are tough for me because the third one feels like it is inspired by into the spider-verse it feels like someone maybe saw the movie and said i want to write something about that does it help if i tell you the third one is very steampunk oh my god yeah i mean it does help but also holy hell (laughs) oh my god do you remember that movie wild wild west with will smith that's the only way i know how to communicate is in movie references (laughs) Uh, I, do, I do remember but that's what, that when you said it was steampunk i was like <gasps> wild wild west with aunt may <laughs> oh man oh man hmm now you sometimes i'm not sure story. how much of this gets conveyed when i'm like writing the summary to, to just be like and she's the lady spider also with steampunk <laughs> and she's the lady spider also she had a telescope and a big top hat <laughs> oh boy okay you know what I'm going to say that one's that one's canon also. I want that one to be a comic because I do feel like steampunk is a very visual medium. So I think that's I think that one's canon. And so I think the chameleon comes for an afternoon visit. Yeah, I, you know what? I think that one's the fanfic. I think that see now I'm starting to second guess myself and I shouldn't do that. I I do think I think it's canon fanfic canon final answer. You didn't earn the full stack. Oh, maybe, damn. maybe you earned the, the, the short stack. Damn. <laughs> um, so the first one is actually the fanfic. Okay. See, that was what I was going to change my mind about. I was going to, that's kind of where I was mostly caught was whether or not the first one was a fanfic because I know also someone's out there with the same brain cell as me. <laughs> Whoever um, you are, I see you. Well, uh, they are alone in the rain and i certainly hope not and the fic is called yesterday i saw a change okay um this is just a relatively short one shot and i thought it was really cute um i liked it because it mostly focused on may like you're kind of on her shoulder through all of the events 
Mm-hmm. And they included a lot of original characters, which is kind of the nature of a story like this. Um, mm-hmm. I almost got the impression that they might have been based on people that the writer knew. Uh, because like May's just so valid yeah absolutely and so May's just at like a coffee shop or cafe or something when this report goes live on the tv that's in the corner and like everybody stops and's watching it so like you know she's of course watching this and horrified and and like starting to sob and stuff like that and everybody else is horrified and like oh my god spider-man's just this kid or whatever and when the video goes dark she's sort of like sitting there panicking and people are like oh my god it's you you're you're the aunt may and we we need to get you somewhere safe and this like i don't know if there's a word for male karens but he like comes in and starts like demanding service at this coffee shop and they just like <laughs> tell him to fuck off and like i think they're um, called steves okay well this steve comes in and just starts being a total asshat and they just like tell him to fuck off and like uh it wouldn't surprise me if the person a based the people in this story on people they know and be like worked in a coffee shop or something like that because right. they give him like the perfect verbatim like we'll be with you in a minute sir da, 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 da. and he's just like don't give me that customer service bullshit and i'm like that's literally what they're supposed to tell you <laughs> like right um, but anyways they they end up taking mason we're safe and and like you know they get to the cab and they're like trying to pay the cabbie but like when the cabbie understands what the situation is he's like no 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 it's fine you know and I think I just really like these stories where there's a sense of recognition of like what Spider-Man does for the people and how much he means to them. Mm-hmm. And when it extends to people like May or just like like small actions and things like that, because I guess it it makes me feel like Spider-Man is a character that isn't just punching bad guys and like stopping people from robbing jewelry stores, but that like he has an effect on the hearts of people in the city. Mm -hmm. Um, So I really enjoy stories like that. Yeah, definitely. Honestly. Yeah. So it's interesting to me that I looked at this and I thought that maybe it was like a single issue and it turned out to be a one shot. I think that stories in this format are so unique. Like anytime it's like, and then this one major thing happens, but we don't focus on that. We kind of focus on something going on on the side. Mm -hmm. Like I just, I love stories like that. So big shout out to you. Uh, alone in the rain Mm -hmm. okay man i hope you have some company now or an umbrella (laughs) because because i really like this story and i'm gonna go read it as soon as we're done recording but go ahead and tell me about the chameleon coming over for afternoon tea ah yes so this one is sort of one of those not memes but definitely one where like the pages get passed around a lot uh so this happens in sensational spider-man And this occurs right after the events of Civil War, which we talked about, where Peter publicly unmasks himself. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of not exactly clear, based on what I've read, like whether or not he's really thinking or I don't know. Like, he definitely has to come up with a plan to take care of Mary Jane and to take care of May. So at this point in time, May is living at Avengers Tower. And she's definitely still in the art style and conceptually like sweet grandma like as far as how she's presented Mm -hmm. and so the artwork for this is really interesting because it's kind of done in a parallel style where you see spider-man like walking up to liz allen's house and like literally just ringing the doorbell versus chameleon who is disguised as peter parker like bypassing security to get into avengers tower and so it's like all these parallel panels of real peter going to see liz and trying to talk to her and 
chameleon Peter breaking into Avengers Tower to go talk to Aunt May so that he can kill her. Mm-hmm. And there's just this like, she basically she's having this conversation. And so she's like, oh, are there any messages on the machine? And he's like, oh, let me go check. And like, he pulls like the phone wire out of the wall. And he's like, nope, nobody's called me. I guess nobody cares. <laughs> like, I guess my 15 minutes of fame are over. And so she's just carrying on this conversation. She's like, oh, I just I just baked some oatmeal raisin cookies. Do you want some? And he's like, sure, that sounds great. She's like, I just got off the phone with my friend Doris, who um, opened the yarn store. And I, I ended up placing an order for 10 more skeins of yarn and and blah. she's just like making all this small talk mm-hmm. and he's you know he's like oh that's great oh that's wonderful and then like she sits down and he's eating the cookies and he's like oh my goodness I, look at me i just had five cookies without even thinking about it um what what's that special seasoning you put in there is it is it is it almond and she's like oh no it's arsenic <laughs> and he's like <laughs> Uh, Aunt May's a bad bitch. <laughs> and he's like, what? And she's like, Peter never liked my oatmeal raisin cookies. He hates them. And uh, like his favorite cookies are like snickerdoodles or something. And the friend that she mentioned moved to Florida 10 years ago and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, wait, so this whole conversation you were testing me? And she's like, well, I was just confirming what I thought the moment you walked through the door. And then he just like is out on the floor. And then like real spider-man shows up when like because as he's been interacting with liz and stuff has happened over there he realizes that that was a distraction and so he runs to the tower and then he gets there and like chameleon is just like laid out on the floor and he's like oh my god you killed him she's like nah i just threw some of mary jane's like ultra high strength uh pseudofeds in the cookies he's fine but could you do something about this <laughs> a, a lot of times when it gets passed around people cut off the last couple of pages so people are like oh my god Aunt may killed a guy which like she didn't but i mean that's just... her that's her right yeah it's still just really funny because she's just still sitting there at the fireplace like with her little teacup and you're just like damn <laughs> that's so good but yeah that one's really good um the last one is from spider-verse the original spider-verse event although she has appeared in comics since and yeah this is like just straight up what if spider-man but steampunk and this was in one of those issues where there were like you know four or five different little mini stories just to introduce you to the different universes and the different characters from the different universes so her whole thing is that like you know, it's very a very 1900s-esque world, but maybe where science has been kicked up a notch or two. Mm-hmm. And she's brilliant, and she was the only woman in her class at university. But despite having degrees, people are just expecting her to, like, have a debut ball, get married, and, you know. And, and uh, I think you mentioned uh, her and Norman flirting a little bit in yours. And so at yes. the ball, like, she is flirting with norman a little bit um i think like they go to they had gone to school together and then like at the ball the mayor gets attacked or whatever and so she's like well well great time to get out of this stupid dress and put on my awesome corset with spider legs attached and um that's incredible yeah it's great and and she's got like the goggles and everything like i think they say she built it out of car parts or something which i mean good for you yeah um and so yeah so she she manages to like take on basically the 1900s sinister six uh on her own and 
she manages to save the mayor's life, but I think they still abscond with the plans, you know, which gives room for more storytelling later. And like in that moment, she notices that like the brooch that the goblin is wearing is the same brooch that uh, Osborne was wearing when they were at the party. And so she's like, ah. the interesting thing about her is that I don't believe she has any power powers. Like, I think it's all just her being brilliant. And well, yeah, she does mention early in the story. She talks about like her father has, you know, all kinds of animals in cages and stuff like that. And she was always partial to the spider. And so she like lets it out of its cage and it bites her. But it doesn't talk about it imbuing her with like any powers. It just like teaches her a lesson about like how terrible it is to be caged up. And so, you know, there's a lot of like what expectations were for women and, you know, kind of glass ceiling or brass ceiling as it would be, I guess, for the era. <laughs> brass um, <laughs> Stop. Um, so... Yeah, so that was just a really interesting story and a really interesting take on the character. She showed up in some more of the multiverse events, and hopefully we'll continue to see more of her. I love it. I Man, all the MA stories are great. I mean, not that I've ever heard a plotline on here that I've been like, okay, well, I don't love that one. Except for maybe, <laughs> except for maybe the Spider-Man fuck comic. But even then, that's like a, like a bittersweet like love-hate relationship. But all the stories about MA are so good. I... I love her. I love Aunt May. I think she's probably my second favorite Spider-Man character. I'm very proud to announce that my first favorite Spider-Man character is officially Miles Morales because I've been kind of like looking into more comics and stuff and mm-hmm. like reading fan fiction and stuff like that. I went back and rewatched into the Spider-Verse after we did the Miles episode. And I've been watching like YouTube videos about like uh, uh, like fan theories about Miles because like what I didn't realize was that he's basically only like a two-year-old character. So people are like, is Miles Morales immortal? And I'm like, oh, holy fuck, is he? Like, so like, it's all, it's all new to me. Um, so I'm having a really good time. But I definitely think Aunt May is like right up there, like neck and neck with Miles. I think that she's a great character and I really enjoy just exploring her characterization. I had a lot of fun writing her pitch. And I can't wait to go read that fanfic, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> So thank you so much for doing all of this research and um, bringing me uh, such good vibes on this rainy summer day. I will ask you for one more favor. Do you have any cool Aunt May trivia for me this week? I have some Aunt May trivia. I will let you decide how cool it is. Okay. Uh, We have talked a lot today about different super versions of Aunt May. Mm -hmm. But Spider-Ma'am... Lady Spider, these are not the first superpowered incarnations of Aunt May to be put in comic book history. However, <laughs> some of the earlier versions weren't what we would call great. Oh, I love um, this. There was a comic, uh, Marvel Team-Ups number 137, where Aunt May teams up with Franklin Richards, who is the son of Sue Storm and Reed Richards, who is one of those characters where it's like, they're so powerful, what can they do? Whatever the story says. And basically, this story happens at a time where the Fantastic Four and I guess Spider-Man are just not around, like they're off planet, busy or something like that. And Aunt May ends up with an extra circus ticket. And of all the people in the world that she could take to the circus, she ends up taking Mary Jane to the circus. She's like, hey, I've got this extra ticket. And when they're there, they're seated like behind Franklin Richards, who I guess is on his own. I don't know. He's like a latchkey kid or something. Okay. And <laughs> while they're there, Galactus shows up. <laughs> and Galactus, I'm not 
sure how familiar you are, but his whole thing is that he's just this giant cosmic entity that's perpetually starving and will go to different planets to basically strip all life from them and eat it. Like, that's okay. his deal. So, okay, so like Thanos, but worse. Yeah, yeah, way worse. Um, he's more like a cosmic being than like a person villain. Um, oh, oh, okay. So and wait, he just shows up at the circus just because he what, likes elephants or... Uh, because he's probably going to eat Earth or eat all the life off of Earth. And so part of the uh, Galactus mythos is that the Silver Surfer is his herald who like flies through space and goes to planets and is like, sup, Galactus is on his way. You should probably like, I don't know, hug your loved ones or something because it's about to be over. Oh, and- okay. See, I've always seen like the Silver Surfer in my peripheral and I'm like, huh. Okay, and then like yeah. not even not even worried about it. Yeah. Um. So Galactus is like on Earth and, he, and is like, I'm very hungry, but also I find myself without a herald. I need a being of great power to be my herald. Hey, kid, you look good. And like shoots his laser blaster at Franklin, but like Aunt May jumps in the way. Oh. And God. so she gets blasted with the power, which then turns her like solid gold. <laughs> <laughs> and she and she becomes the golden oldie. Stop it. <laughs> Stop. Why did so, her dirty like this? Oh, it's so bad. And so like she becomes Galactus's herald and he's like, "Well, all right. I guess that that's fine. I have a herald now. I'm going to eat this planet." And so Franklin Richards is like, "Uh, how about instead of eating this planet, you eat this twin snack pack of twinkle cakes?" which are like clearly Twinkies. And he's like, what is this? And so like he eats the Twinkies and is like, that's pretty good. And then (laughs) sends Aunt May around the planet to like collect Twinkies from all over the world to like save his hunger. And she like ends up running into like, like other people like from her senior center and all that. And they're like, wow, you know, you've been you've been healed of like all your ailments, like no more arthritis. And she's like, no, this is a terrible curse. <laughs> As she's like grabbing Twinkies out of the pantry. By an armful. <laughs> and then eventually she ends up like flying out into space to like find more food for Galactus. And while she's out there, she like discovers like a cosmic being that's basically the Pillsbury Doughboy. Stop <laughs> and then, it. And then she and then he's like, he basically can create giant huge pastries. And so she's like, how about you be the herald and you just bake shit for Galactus and I can go home and be an ant again. <laughs> and so they work that out. <laughs> and like she gets back to Earth and like just as like the Fantastic Four is showing up and, and Spider-Man and they're just like, hey, did we miss anything? And she's like, no, dear God, it's fine. Everything's fine. She's like, no, but, um, please, I never want to see another Twinkie again as long as I live. <laughs> basically. Um, and then as that wasn't enough. There was another appearance of the Golden Oldie in uh, What If number 34. Wait, which another just- appearance specifically of that character of the Golden Oldie? Uh, more or less. So, so oh what God. if 34 is just like 
rapid fire. What if this? What if this? What if this? Like each one is a page maybe or like even a part of a page. And there's a there's a part that's like, what if Aunt May became a superhero? So there's like a version of her that has ice powers that's anti-freeze. And then there's a version Stop. of her that's like Ant-Man that's Ant-Ant. And then there's a version, <laughs> of, a version of her that's Iron Man that's the invincible golden oldie. Stop it. This and they're is all so terrible. <laughs> Why so y'all doing like, my poor Aunt May like this? Like right after you're like, all oh, the storylines are good. It's like, except sometimes they're not. <laughs> except sometimes they're not good. When you said Aunt Aunt, it reminded me of um, when you told me that about Tom Holland being on Stephen Colbert. Because uh-huh. one of the dog's names is Dog Dog. <laughs> because he's like, this is Peter Barker. He got his powers from being bitten by a radioactive schnauzer. So he's a dog that got powers from another dog. And that's why his superhero <laughs> name is Dog Dog. <laughs> <laughs> Big shout out to whatever writer threw that one up. Because I, I, I saw Tom Holland look at it on the teleprompter and start laughing before. <laughs> anyway, um... Ant, Ant, I think is my favorite thing to come out of this entire podcast so far. I, oh, you know shit. what, you know what, like, I didn't get to make this pitch, but the character that I've always wanted to see is Ant May combined with the Venom symbiote for anti-Venom. Haven't I think that would yet. be so horny and so dope. <laughs> like, like, just think about it. Just, she's like Aunt May and she's like, my, it's literally like the arsenic thing where it's like, she's just chilling She's just Aunt May, and she's just an unassuming old lady, and maybe someone steals her purse, and then she just becomes anti-venom, and she eats a guy's head, and then she <laughs> just she just stuffs her little checkbook back in her purse, and then she's Aunt May again, and she just walks away down the street, and people are like, what just happened? And she's like, no one will ever believe you. <laughs> I love it. I love the golden oldie. I, I probably won't ever eat a Twinkie the same way again. <laughs> Because now I'm going to pretend I'm Galactus every time. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much for listening. This has been a really great week. I really enjoyed uh, hearing about Aunt May and all of her cool adventures as Spider-Man. If you want to give us some more ideas for Aunt May heroes, or if you have any other ideas, you can tweet us at WasSpideyThere, or you can shoot us an email at WasSpideyThere at gmail.com. So my name is Zeke. And I'm Kat. And thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. What's up, Spider Pals? It's Zeke. If you enjoyed the stories that we talked about in today's episode, you should go check out the issues that they're from. And they are... Vault of Spiders, number two. Spider-Verse Team-Up, number three. Spider-Verse 2019, number two. Sensational Spider-Man 2006, number 31. Spider-Verse 2015, number one. And our featured fanfic this week was Yesterday I Saw a Change by Alone in the Rain. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.